Welcome to the Hot Seat powered by Affordable Staff. David Judge here and we are at Season 1, Episode 2 of the Hot Seat, where we talk to industry influencers that have worked hands-on within the real estate industry. We find out where these influencers see current and future trends within the industry and what you can do about it to support and grow your business. Now, there are nine episodes in the first season and each episode is released every second Tuesday, guaranteed. Now, in this episode, we are interviewing Rose Kelly from Leading Focus, who has over three decades of experience within the industry. Now, there are so many points of discussion, so I'll just give you a couple of them. We chat property management around legislation in the 90s versus now, including the shift to a consumer-based type of legislation and how that's impacting the industry. Rose also discussed the importance of engagement, how to cut through that noise, and why we all need to get over technology. And finally, while struggling businesses don't understand the value proposition and what that means to property management roles in 2018 and beyond. Okay, now one more important point that I want to mention before we jump onto this episode. None of the businesses that we've interviewed are sponsors of the hot seat and all are industry influencers and businesses they represent and they've given their time to be on their show. Okay, awesome. I'm not going to make you wait anymore. It's a fantastic episode. So let's get into it and roll it. Hello and welcome. This is David from The Hot Seat and I have here Damien with me. How are you, Damien? Uh, good, David. Good, David, how are you? I'm good. And, and we have Rose. Hi, guys. Hi. Thanks for inviting me. No, thank you for coming along. I really appreciate it. And um, I know that you and Damien have known each other for a little while. Sure. How long? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Damien's known me longer than I've known him. But um, <laughs> yeah, well, I met that's, Damien that's um, when I was working for a client. Uh, yes. I had a client that and Damien was employed there as a property manager. Mm. So... Um, we met in that space yeah. yes. a few years ago now. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So well, let's jump straight into it. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and you know your history in the industry? Oh, gee. Um, David, I run the risk of being known as a jack of all trades and master of none. Yes. Um, but but that's... Sounds like, sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I started my real estate career uh, after a, another career, um, which I was involved in at it adult education. Yes. So I was quite passionate about education and empowering people and developing people. Um, so I got into real estate, uh, loved that. I was in a regional town. I moved to Brisbane. Uh, I quickly got into the training space in real estate and, mm. and uh, I ended up working uh, in as a national sales trainer for the First National Group. Yes. But that's a very long time ago. It's like 30 years ago now. So uh, over the years since then... Uh, I, um, I've been in and out of agency a few times. I've had yes. my own business. I love sales and, uh, um, and in fact, I was an auctioneer. So in my mm. last business, which I had for about seven or eight years, um, that was in Brisbane. Uh, I, I was the sales agent. But over the years, uh, I mean, I originally got into property management by accident yeah, so we're hear, hear fairly regularly. I always um, say I got in there by default and stayed yes. there by choice. So I ended up uh, in property management because uh, I, I think it was, yeah, I was a single mum. And yeah. it was back in 93 Okay. And uh, in Brisbane. And I, I worked in, in a uh, suburban agency. And uh, it was just really difficult in those days to stay in sales when you're a single mum. It just... Mm. We didn't even have mobile phones, let alone dial a nanny or that sort of thing. So, so I, I guess the industry's been good to me. Yes. Uh, there's been a range of things where I've been able to uh, to work and use my skills and develop my skills. Uh, and about 96 or 96, 97, the industry started to change in Queensland and there was a real desire for training. The national mm. curriculum, in fact, up until 96 had never been brought to Queensland. 
So what was the change, the major um, change that happened? I think there'd always been this sort of drive to get that national curriculum into Queensland and yes. traineeships and get into the vet sector. Uh, the REIQ employed a wonderful man at that stage, Graham Capper, mm. uh, who came from outside the industry and, you know, I ended up meeting him and Robin McElwain and myself actually developed that curriculum and wrote it all and delivered okay. it all. And I think that's where I met your first boss in real yeah, estate. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, back in those days I was very involved. I did a lot of the property management training. Yes. Uh, because I'd had, you know, this background in education and it was also the change in legislation. So the first residential tenancies legislation came into place in 1996. Yes. In Queensland. Prior to that, there was pretty much no legislation. We had an old Rental Bond Act. But there was no legislation at all around consumers or how tenancies were managed or the rights and duties of obligations under mm. tenancies. So that was a big impact. Uh, it was the beginning. It was, in fact, the first piece of... Uh, consumer-based legislation to come into real estate in Queensland, which, mm. as in consumer-centric legislation, recognises the rights of both parties. And you think so, do you think the the change from a property management perspective? Do you think that the changes that they've made in legislation are a good thing for property managers? Oh, I never stand in judgment in that way. I, I just, I mean, I just accept what is. Uh, it, it's. It, I think when you see. You know, I don't, I don't look at that in isolation. I think we need to understand where the world has gone mm. in legislation. This is about human rights. Yes. We're in a different world to what we were in the 70s and the 80s. So, you know, that's filtered right down across all pieces of legislation in Australia. It's not the residential tenancies legislation of Queensland. Mm. And I think people have to, you know, um, sometimes a very micro view of things based on their own environment. But... So, you know, legislation is good in that it gives us a framework. Um, what a lot of people didn't like was the shift to the consumer base yes. style of legislation. So why should tenants have rights? But, you know, that was really preempting. I mean, look at how far we've come. That was 96, 2018. Yeah. Um, you know, 20 plus years later, the master-servant relationship is history, mm. isn't it? Yes. Uh, I oh. mean... We've seen it in politics, we see it in royalty, we see it in the church, we see, you know, people just don't want to be told what to do anymore. Mm. So for landlords to be the master and tenants to be the servant, for business, you know, we see it in employment, we see it everywhere. Yes. So I think it's pretty fair to say you've worn many different hats in real estate. Yeah, sorry, I got a bit sidetracked there. <laughs> <laughs> so, which, which, I mean, which, yeah. so which is your favourite hat? Which is my favourite hat? Um... Well, I'm in the current space that I'm in by choice, so I'd say that's my favourite house. So and this is developing yeah. people. So yes. developing people, uh, I've worked a lot in training, a lot in development, but now I want to work with business owners. So I have a passion for entrepreneurship. Mm. I have a passion for business. I love business and I would love to um, – and, and I just enjoy working with business owners who want to advance their business. Mm. So what are you seeing as the challenges now in real estate? So you're, you're out there in the field every day every day of the week. What, mm -hmm. what are you seeing as the mm. challenges? And I suppose looking forward to the next couple of years, what are the disruptors that you're seeing coming into the industry or how, how are we going to evolve over the next two to five years in, in mm. what you're seeing? Mm. Mm. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a guru, but I'll, I'll have a go at answering that. Yes. I think we all struggle with one thing and that's engagement. Um, 
And, you know, we're in very busy spaces where there is a lot of noise. It doesn't matter. In my business, there's a lot of noise. I'm sure there's a lot of noise in your business. Mm. There's a lot of noise in a real estate business. And I'm talking background noise. So to cut through and to get engagement and to hold that engagement, I think, will be the biggest challenge. Uh, The industry must shift particularly property management, away from its obsession with process. Mm. Um, You know, whether it's outsourced or it's done by robots, that's not my issue, but we've got to get process absolutely streamlined and over there in the corner happening and remember what our core business is, and that is to act as an agent for someone. Yes. So, you know, how how do we develop that agency relationship it's an account management role. Um, it's interesting when I, I talk to business, I do a lot of businesses where we are moving the admin and moving the back end away and property managers don't know what to do with themselves because they're so obsessed with process. Mm-hmm. And and some of that's been driven by legislation, um, litigation, compliance, yep. risk, simply getting Stay the KPIs, room. all sorts of things. I understand all of that, the money, the numbers, all of those things. But at the end of the day, um, we, we need to really develop, you know, get back and develop those those personal relationship skills. It seems to have been a common thread that we've had over the last, you know, these is that, you know, we're in a human industry. Yeah. Um, that- and there's always the concern that, that the, the human element's going to be lost. And I think like in any industry, the, if you try to remove the human element, then you remove the value from that industry. And um, we've heard Malcolm beforehand talking about the race to the bottom with the reduction in, in you know, rental fees and in um, sales commissions. And I think that if you can always identify yourself as a, a human or a personality in the marketplace, I can see how you can actually add value, especially if you're creating yourself as an authority. Mm, what are mm. your thoughts around? Look, it... it it's understanding our value proposition, yes. first of all. But when I talk, when, you know, when I look at businesses that are struggling and having problems, they don't really understand that. Mm. Uh, their staff don't really understand what their true role is. I have been battling this for years in, in, um, in the training space, yes. getting people to really understand that we are there as an agent for the owner of the property. We are there to provide a service for the tenant uh, what are those expectations of landlords and tenants? Mm. And, you know, you know, I've just become a landlord myself and it's been an interesting experience because I know what the tenants want and I've offered that to the, the agent and they've not taken up. Yes. I mean, Optus did a research paper on this three years ago in Australia. They, they interviewed, they researched the needs of tenants and they found the number one need of a tenant that's unmet moving into a property. The number one pain point is connecting mm. to the internet. And you talk to nine out of ten property managers and they don't want to know about that story. Yes. Yep. It's too difficult and it's too we can't understand or it's not our thing. And yet it's their number one need. So I um, when I was working in manufacturing, we looked at rolling out a number of different programs to assist people at, from you know from um, from the, the the front line if you were to call it that. We were introducing a, a number of the different models around and the people that were actually working in the business, they were really very, very proactive, but we had a lot of issues with management and the people that were at the top because it wasn't flowing down, the message wasn't flowing down. Do you think that's similar in the in the real estate and property management industry? 
I know, I it's think that's a seat. can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> that's why this is the hot seat. This is the hot seat. Well, there's no, there's, there is no uh, mystery around the fact that that most majority of businesses in this country are still small businesses. Yes. And they are largely owned by people who I would consider to be technicians. Mm. So, you know, there are three levels. There's technician, manager and entrepreneur. Yes. And, you know, they're still pretty much doing in the business. Um, and when they do, they think sales. Mm. So when you talk about filtering down, they often don't even speak the same language, let alone have the right filters and, and the right flow. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, I say this to, to business owners all the time. I say, how's your business going? Oh, we leased X number of properties. What if that wasn't the most important thing? Yes. What about how many times did your landlords have a negative experience mm. around anything in the last six months? And yes. how do you measure that? And how does that accumulate? And how does that affect their stickiness as a client? And how does that affect your churn rate? Mm. You know, and then they start going, oh, well, what should I be looking at? What, what, what should that be about? So I don't think they quite understand the same language even. Mm. Um, but that's changing. That's changing. And uh, we are seeing, you know, certainly the development of a bigger end in town in, yes. in real estate businesses and, and particularly rent rolls. So, um, so with that, people have had to develop leadership skills. Mm. The interesting thing is that... I think the leadership skills that are going to be needed will be quite different. Yes. Um, and they'll be about leading people through this, what we would sometimes call the soft selling or the soft skills part of the business. But, but it's mm. such an important part, that relationship management. And managing that and leading people in those teams will be quite challenging. So that would be your advice to business owners to, let's say, moving forward in the coming years, that would be your advice to um, to business owners to to have a look at how it is like what would be that advice that you would give? I would say stay close to your clients, yes. get close to your clients, find out what your clients are really experiencing mm -hmm. and want from you, and look at innovative ways to deliver that. Now, it's not always about technology. It's you know it's um, technology is the buzz, isn't it? Really, it but is I, the I, buzz. I don't think it. Being in business for a, a number of years now and having and owning a number of different businesses, you always have to have some sort of buzz that your buzzword or buzz things mm. that you're focusing about. Mm. Everything goes in cycles, and I think it always comes back to the same thing around developing relationships and mm. and mm. you know showing yourself as an authority. And what, what I think when people talk about technology, it's like it's that thing that's over there that's just arrived, and we'll get over it. But clearly, that's not the case. It's mm. now a new way of life. Um, I have a 22-year-old daughter who's never lived beyond her first six weeks in a disconnected house. So she doesn't have any sense of what is this thing called technology. Yes. It's her life. It's connected. And so we need to get over technology and really go back to the heart of what we're doing, and that mm. is we are acting on behalf of people. Now, how might they want to engage us, have relationships with us? I do think there is you know, a huge trend around hyper-local and, and creating that real sense of community or tribe. Mm. I think that, um, you know, there needs to be some really innovative ways around how those connections are made, perhaps using some technology, perhaps using the connectedness that we can get. 
Um, I mean, I can remember doing a um, presentation on this in Adelaide at a conference almost 20 years ago, high tech, high touch, and I keep I think about those words. Yes. High tech, high touch. Mm. And, um, you know, I don't know why we were talking about it 20 years ago. It took us, you know, so to me it's been a long time coming. Yeah, I and I was saying to Damien, it. I was saying to Damien that VR headsets, like there's things that, you know, they're in mm. augmented reality. Mm. Uh, they're like the big thing that people are talking about now. Uh, my dad was an internet service provider before Telstra and Optus came around. So back when everyone mm. used to dial in, the, the mm. and uh, they were talking about, these VR mm. headsets back then. Mm. So the, the mm. technology is always around. I think it's how we use it. Mm. 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 Um, one of the mistakes that agents have made, and I think it's it's actually fired up the industry quite a bit, is this sort of sense of propriety over information. Yes. And, um, and you know, I still see some, some distrust around data. I see some angst around, you know, that's our data, that's our information. So I think people have got to get over that concept, you know, that there is this kind of seamless sea of data. Yeah. And, and um, certainly there are, there are elements of that which are proprietary to a business, but, you know, property information is public data. It's mm. public information. It's just how it's packaged mm. now. Fantastic. Well, mm. what's going on in your business? Oh, my business now. Yeah. <laughs> so what am I doing now? Yeah. Um, I have moved into a, a new business, Leading Focus. Uh, I really, it's all about helping the business journey and the business owner to accelerate their journey. So mm. business accelerator, if you like, specifically in real estate space at the moment. Uh, so working with business owners, I do a lot of discovery, what I call discovery. So we're going and do a business analysis or audit. Mm. Uh, and then look at where they're stuck. Yep. So yes. what are their sticking points and help them speed through that. So, you know, I'm not a marketing guru. I'm not a technology guru, but I've got a lot of connections and I've got a lot of points that I can bring to that business. Yes. Uh, and that's worked really well for businesses from startup to established businesses. Mm. And I'm also doing some training in-house, some small workshops and, um, yeah, consulting where needed. So how do people get a hold of you if they want to get in contact? They want to get in contact with me. It's really simple. My business is Leading Focus, so it's rose at leadingfocus.com.au. Keep it easy. Rose, Kelly, thank you very much. I really uh, enjoyed the interview. Sorry, I don't know if I answered all the questions. I do. that's fine. That's fine. um, I'm I'm passionate about this. And And we have a a, um, a slight distraction of a squeaky background. (laughs) 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 The guys next door but that's yeah. fine. Really appreciate the time, and um, right. and thank you again for everything you you know. You've been in the industry for a while, so thank you for everything you do and, and yeah. how you're leading and directing the industry as well. So great, thanks guys, Fantastic. and I hope the conference goes well for you. And yes. good luck with your business. Excellent, thank you. Thank you, good on you. Thank you. and we'll talk soon. Okay, thank you for listening to the episode with Rose. And before you go, I'd like to ask if you enjoyed the episode that you subscribe to our podcast, which you can search for the hot seat wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can leave a review as they really count. You can also visit us at thehotseat.com.au where we have each of the episodes posted every week or every second week as they come out. I also wanted to remind you that The Hot Seat is powered by affordable staff. And if I'm 100% honest, we could not put The Hot Seat together without outsourcing every component. We literally record our footage and audio and we send it to our Philippines office and they do the rest. So thank you to our team, especially Ira. Okay, great. Thank you again. And we'll see you in the next episode of The Hot Seat.